Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. This is your host, April Hanna. We have a really interesting show today. I'm going to be speaking to Irvin Laszlo. And I have to say, I'm a little nervous about it because there's a lot of science, quantum physics, and I really don't have that great science mind. It takes me a lot when I read a book like this. I have to really read certain chapters over and over again to get some of the greater and deeper concepts, especially when it comes to physics. So a little nervous to interview this this man who has been doing tremendous work for a very long time um, in the field of consciousness. So I'm really excited about that. And we're going to have him come on in just a second. But I also wanted to let you know that we are uh, doing some podcast sponsorships. We have two things going on. If you would like to help us and would like to help sponsor um, our podcast. We are looking for people who would like to promote their products. Um, send us your pitch. You can email me directly, april at path11productions.com. And if you go to the path11podcast.com page, you will see a button on the right-hand side, top of the page, that says become a patron. And what this is, this is a new thing that we found. It's called Patreon. And this allows you rewards that we will give you as being a Path 11 podcast passionate fan. And you could do it for a dollar a month. So any any funding that we get through this really helps us to keep the podcast for free, helps us with production costs. And we would really, really appreciate that. So check that out. You can find it again on path11podcast.com. It's that orange button on the top right. Just go ahead and click that, pay with that a little bit, play with it a little bit and see what you think. Okay, so now who we have coming on our show is Irvin Laszlo. He is a philosopher, system scientist, and winner of the 2017 Luxembourg Peace Prize. Twice nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, he has published more than 75 books and over 400 articles and research papers. The subject of one-hour PBS special life of a modern-day genius, Laszlo is the founder and president of the international think tank, the Club of Budapest, and of the prestigious Laszlo Institute of New Paris. Paradigm research. Dr. Laszlo is generally recognized as the founder of systems philosophy and general evolution theory. His work in recent years has centered on the formulation and development of the Akasha paradigm, the new conception of cosmos, life and consciousness emerging at the forefront of the contemporary sciences. And today we're going to be talking with Irvin about his newest book, The Intelligence of the Cosmos, Why Are We Here? New Answers from the Frontiers of Science. And I know all of you out there have that question, why are we here? So Irvin, welcome. Well, very good to be here. Thanks, thanks a lot. Look forward to chatting. Yeah. Now, we have listeners of all different ages um, who are definitely explorers of consciousness, and we might have some of the younger population who has not yet stumbled upon all of your magnificent work. So I was wondering if you can just give a brief introduction. I know that you have been contributing so much to the field of consciousness for years, um, but if you can just give our newer listeners a little bit of a background about your work. Well, my work has always been centered ever since I started writing and publishing, which was in the 1960s, uh, always centered on the idea that we live in a world that is, is remarkable, it's intelligent, it's complex, but it's understandable. And we need to understand it so that we understand who we are and what we are doing here, why we are here. So this work has very often centered on the idea of what in science has been called 
a paradigm. Now, a paradigm is just a way of looking at things, a set of ideas that frame our thinking or, or considerations or research. Because there is nothing absolutely virgil, as such a thing as a virgil, virginal perception, just seeing something. There's always something in our mind when we see something. We always have a conception of what the world looks like. Science gave us such a conception, but this conception is changing. And I was interested how this changes, whether there's a new conception of who we are, why we are here, where are we going, these major big, big questions, and is there really an intelligence in the world? Is it part of the world? Is it beyond the world? All these questions have always been fascinating me. And so I, all through my, uh, my life, they have been working on this, publishing a lot of books. And the latest books I've, I'm now presenting, sort of the gist, the essence of all my thinking, my reflection all these years. Great. Thank you for that. And so with your newest book, The Intelligence of the Cosmos, um, you know, you obviously do a great job in really trying to answer some of these questions and also look at the science um, behind a lot of these questions of consciousness. And you talk about the world as a vibration. And uh, what is the world of vibration? What is it that vibrates? And I was wondering if you can um, talk a little bit about that. Well, this just shows, these, these ideas show that it's not easy to think in terms of everyday reality when you think in, 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 of, about the world in the context of science. It goes beyond it. The world is more complex than you can think it. This has already been said by a famous philosopher, John, um, Alfred Whitehead, and it's always the case that we need to re rethink, always conceptualize what the world is. Now, we used to think that the world is bits or pieces of matter floating about in just in empty space. And, and, and over time, one, two, three, and seconds, hours, epochs, that's time just flowing. And these things are developing perhaps in time, but they're also in space one thing next to another and beyond each other, uh, or, or, uh, small or large distances from each other. The old conception was this old paradigm comes from Newtonian thinking, which is remarkable, which is also true in many respects. This is the world does behave like a giant mechanism in many ways. But when you go further and look at what the world really is, you find out that it's not bits and pieces of matter moving about in empty space and in indifferent time. The world is much more like a living organism. The entire universe appears to be, if I was going to give it a kind of a simple metaphor, I would say it is like something living, a living spirit, a, whole, a, a, a living entity. But what is that? It, it, how do we know that? From science, there's only we get one indication of that basic nature of this, that it is something that vibrates. Everything that we find at the smallest scale of the universe, everything that quantum physicists find and cosmologists, it's, it's all elements of vibration. Frequencies, uh, are given amplitudes and frequencies and, and times and phases, this is how we can define the world. The great scientist last century, Tesla, you know, who is now famous for his Tesla cars and the, and the energy sources that he has come across. He has said, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, he said, 
think in terms of vibration and frequency. And this is true because ultimately the world is a sea, a sea, a complex ocean of vibrations where one thing is harmonizing with another. We can vibrate together in phase. We can all be, all also be separate, but nothing is completely separate. So the old saying, which is becoming a new saying as well, nothing is completely independent of any other thing because all things are connected. All things are a sea of coherent, complex vibration moving together in space and time. So this is a quantum concept of the universe. It's not the old Newtonian concept, it's the quantum concept. And this is fascinating. You can ask, what is it that vibrates? But the answer is not something, because there is no material basis. The whole universe is a field, is a complex quantum field, which manifests these kind of vibrations. Not easy to conceptualize, but think of it. In these complex fields, all things are connected, all things harmonized to some extent, to more or lesser extent, move, vibrate together. We are all part of this, so we are part of a complex quantum field. With the new concept, it's fascinating, it's important. And as far as we can tell on the basis of science, it is more true than any other conception. And that might be a good segue into talking more about incoherence versus coherence, because you do speak a lot about that in this book, and that really part of the evolution um, of consciousness is for all of us to come into coherence. Can you talk more about that? Our evolution is moving in that direction, because the universe is not indifferent. It's not flat, it's not soulless, you might say, it's not spiritless. There is something in the modern scientific context, we would call that something an attractor, something which, which tends toward an outcome. And what it tends toward is always unity, unification, integration, moving together. Because think how it started. As far as science can tell, it started with the Big Bang. The Big Bang, 13.8 billion years ago, was an enormous explosion, which brought forth a whole chaos, a whole, whole welter of vibrations, which are quantum particles. They were not organized. This is nothing. You could not tell. There was nothing in it, no thing in it. So out of this welter of chaos, an organizing process started, which we call evolution. And this process brought forth the stars, the galaxies, brought forth us, living things, everything that we know in the world. It has evolved out of this initial sea of chaotic vibration, and it organizes itself. That's the direction in which things are moving. The higher we move around evolution, the more ordered, organized things are. It is remarkable. Indeed, Einstein remarked, and this great physicist, physicists like Feynman, like Schrodinger, others remarked, it is really almost miraculous, miraculous that this universe should have order, should have, should obey mathematical regularities, that we can find encompassing order in this universe. So it's not just chaos. Chaos is becoming ordered, organized, and we are part of that. The more we are evolved, 
the more we are part of this order, the more we recognize that we are part of this order, then the more we can we can move together. And this, so the old adage, which is now the newest principle, also the new cultures, everything is connected, and everything is connected by a principle that we can describe as love. Why? Because love is toward toward embracing one thing by another, together, moving together. So this joint principle in the world is something that moves us, and it is the organizing principle of the universe. It is the intelligence that underlines the cosmos moving together. This is a remarkable insight, I think. It confirms some ancient esoteric principles about the oneness of things, which are the Plato's uh, talked about. But it is now based on the insight of, of find, findings of the natural sciences. So we are one. We move toward harmony with one another, with our environment. And that's our basic nature. Our basic nature is not fighting, not just competition. The basic nature is to understand, to comprehend, and to become one, becoming, becoming united. That is something that that moves all things, that is the hallmark of evolution, and is the hallmark of our own individual psyche as well. We should realize it, because then we live peacefully, then we can live better than if we were just thinking of ourselves as a separate little bit of a little bit of the piece of the machinery, a, a cog in the big wheel that is only in, indifferent to the rest. We are part of a big harmonizing process, which we call evolution in the cosmos, evolution in life, evolution on this earth, and even evolution of mind and consciousness. Now, let me ask you, because some people may, um, well, are feeling that the world as it is now feels very chaotic and not so much peace um, and love that we're all kind of talking about. But as you're describing this, is is the universe kind of creating chaos and mixing stuff up in order for more order to uh, happen? Well, look, we are on the wrong path. We have removed ourselves from this cosmic rhythm, from this cosmic organizing, ordering principle. We can do this, we could do this, and we did it because we have that level of freedom. We have a consciousness that can make choices. We can choose. No other species except for some higher animals, like chimpanzees, for example, can have actual choices. And even they don't recognize fully what the choice is that they are making or what the consequences are. To some extent they do, but not as fully as we can. So because we have this highly evolved consciousness, we not only perceive the world, we perceive our choices in the world. And because we don't have perfect understanding of what there is, we can we make mistakes. So we act as though we were not part of this world. We act as if we were just set out one against the other. We, set, we act as if this world is really chaos, and that's the true nature of the world. Just competition, just fighting, just the strongest, the, the fittest survives, and the rest just goes down the drain. These are faulty conceptions, not the fault of the universe. 
because there we know the overall trend is toward harmony, toward integration. It's the fault of the modern mentality, of the conception that has emerged on this planet, not even so long ago, just a few hundred years ago, because through the Middle Ages there's always been fighting, of course, there's always been violence as well, but overall the, the system was fairly stable, and overall people tried to live the life into which they were born. So today, for a few hundred years now, we have entered on a path which is increasingly taking us, uh, putting us against each other uh, and, and making us fight, making us a, a denizens of a, of a disturbing, of a disturbed and fighting incoherent world. It's time now to come back to the norm because our very existence is now threatened by this. The survival of the human species as such is, in, is at stake because this kind of artificial chaos that we have created on, on this planet, on the, in this biosphere, is not a basis for maintaining such a complex organism based on, an, based on its relation with the world around it as the human organism. We are based on a, on a, on a constant elaboration of information that comes to us from nature, from the cosmos. We are based on working in harmony with the natural world. Other than that, we cannot survive. We cannot survive as an artificial entity. We cannot create human life by artificial means. Robots are, are, are that's another subject, but that's, it's not at all the same as the product of evolution of nature. Nature creates this incredibly complex organism which, survive, which evolves, continues to evolve in harmony with its surroundings. So let's not put this fault to, to nature. Our fault is having accepted ourselves, as it were, from the laws, from the regularities from the very trends in nature and, and pursuing our own aims and goals without fully understanding who we really are. This new literature, which is now coming forth, partially fueled by the ancient insights of oneness, but partially supported by the findings of the new sciences, the new biology, quantum biology, quantum psychology, the quantum concept of consciousness, and quantum physics, all of these support the notion of a seamless wholeness in which all things are elements of vibration, but they all tune together. And the more and the better they are tuned together, the more each of these elements can survive and flourish. That I think is a great lesson we need to find. Find our way back to become part, to be part of the quantum universe. Well, and that was going to be my next question. I mean, is there any hope for us, you know, for this consciousness in, in the rate that we're going? Um, you know, do you feel that we're more on a path of self-destruction than returning back to love? And if so, you know, what do you think it would really take to make this paradigm shift of really getting the whole kind of consciousness system back on board? It would take entering on to use those ter the term that I've been saying now a little while ago, it, it would take embracing a new paradigm, recognizing more and better who we are and what the world is around us. It would take a change of mind, a, mind, a new mindset, 
Now, these things have been happening all along. So have been happening all through history. Now we need to, again, come back to that particular point where we recognize that we are at a crucial point, at a turning point, where we need to recognize who we are. So there is hope, because in everyday terms, there is a, a tremendous upsurge of love, of embrace, of, of search for unity, of becoming part of each other under the world. This is parallel to the upsurge of violence and chaos and fighting. Both things are occurring simultaneously. And it's not clear which one will be not, been out. I'm confident that the, hu that the human psyche, the human spirit, is strong enough, that we are tuned well enough to this cosmic process, which we call evolution, that ultimately we'll, we'll, we'll find our way to it. But we don't have much time. We are now at the moment where it could be a matter of years, certainly less than decades, where we have to make a turn. We can turn toward finding ourselves as part of each other, and instead of fighting each other, joining together to maintain this great, great rhythm, this great trend, this great wave of unfolding evolution on this planet. That is what is the big task before us. It is supported by our findings of the sciences, as I say. It is supported by our deepest intuitions, but we need to become conscious of it, conscious of our change, the necessity of a change of direction. And I think this is happening. It's not only a dream, it is happening, but it has to get the upper hand, it has to reach the upper hand. Because right now, from the top down, there are forces that are pit us against one another. There are forces that are saying, it is just us, this is just me. And it could be, could be me and my family, me and my company, even me and my, me, I come, uh, me and my country, but not concerned with the rest, as if we could live as an independent, as a completely detached part of the whole, just being concerned with each other. We are beginning to recognize that this is not the case. There is a turn in the tide. And it's important that the voice of the people, especially of young people, is being heard more. Who, the voice that is based on intuition rather than on concepts, which could be also mistaken concepts. Better understanding through science, I believe that is a support. Better understanding through our deepest intuitions, through meditation, through love, all that, that is also a, a way, an equally important way. And this is, I think it's happening already. Let's do our best. So not just to forecast what is, will be coming, but to make what is coming, make it good, not just foresee the future, but create the future, create the world of which we are a part. We can do it. Today, with the tremendous power of the internet, tremendous power of communication, if we, if we make our voice heard, if we, if we can express what we truly feel when we, when we go into ourselves, when we really examine what we feel about us, about the world around us, then I think if you communicate that, there is going to be a mindset change, a total change, a new paradigm, a paradigm of oneness, of communication coming about. It may seem to some that this is just dreaming, 
But you look at the, look at the trends, I think you'll find that there is a trend in that direction, underneath the violence, underneath the chaos. And look at the possibilities. Either we make this discovery of who we really are, or we truly face a kind of a level of chaos, a level of infighting, a level of violence that could spell the end of the human adventure on this planet. Now, we're kind of talking very much on like this global level, and I'd like to bring it back to the individual, because with, you know, what you're talking about, about this interconnectedness, that really everything can begin within ourselves, because we are connected to the larger consciousness system. So if we as individuals and everyone who is listening to this podcast could make some sort of change or create some sort of action uh, within themselves or and within their small little world in order for there to be a greater ripple effect, what would you suggest uh, people begin to start doing to help on this global level of bringing the world order back into peace and love? First, I think, think in terms of whether what you do is sustainable. And sustainability means that it could, it could continue to happen without running into a dead end. Think also what you can do is embrace what is known as the golden rule. The golden rule, the golden rule is do to others as you would have others do to you. In other words, let's not be unfair. Let's not think that we are exempt from the great rule of either together, either we hang together, or as the old saying is, or we'll hang separately. We can try to be sustainable in everything we do. We can try to be collaborative in everything we do. We can try to ask ourselves, is that something that everyone could do? Let's give you a small example. When I started more seriously developing these ideas, and it was uh, these consequences of the new scientific world picture, it was in the late 1970s. I realized at that point that what we do in our everyday life could not be done by everybody on, in, on, on this planet. We take up more, more energy than is our per capita share. We use more energy. We use more unrenewable unrenew, resources. We also eat in a way that it could not be, it could not be followed by everybody here. That would, we would require several planets the size of Earth just to produce the, the, the animals, the energy, uh, for to feed the animals um, and and the 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 ground the the space the soil etc we need to eat and live more sustainably more frugally more efficiently and so i became as a result of that i became vegetarian i'm now vegan because i think we need to do this all the way and i feel much better partly because it's it's actually it's healthier but it's also because it gives you the good, good sense what I do could be done by everybody. We could live on this planet, seven and a half billion people, more, eight, nine billion people, if we lived carefully, if we ate frugally, but well, healthily, actually more healthily than we do now. But if we consume in, every, in everything we do in a more, more, uh, more efficient way, it's all there, it's all possible. We can do it. It's our choice. And I don't think it's a sacrifice. 
what you consider a sacrifice and what you take as something that is gives you pleasure and pride and enjoyment, it's up to you, up to each of us. Another example, if you walk instead of taking a car for, for unnecessary distances, if you ride the bike, etc., you know, you can take it as a sacrifice. How poor I am, I can't afford to get in a car. But you can also take it as a pride and, and as fun, as pleasure, as being able to be out in the open, being able to, to, to move the way you want to do and not consuming more energy and more resources than is be our fair share on this world. It depends on us how we look at this world, how we look at our role, a positive part of this world or just something that is trying to get along and trying to gather as much for our selfish immediate ends as we possibly can. That's the old paradigm. And that is bringing us to a dead end. We can't all just look at ourselves independently of the rest. We have to look at the whole picture. And by looking at the whole picture, we, can, we become part of that picture. We become part of evolution. And that can give us pleasure. That can give us satisfaction. We live healthily. We eat healthily. We consume in a sustainable way. And we choose what we, our values so that they conform with our behavior. And our behavior conforms with the, with the restraints, with the constraints, but also with the possibilities of this earth. Of, our, of a human being living on this earth. We can, we can do all that. And I think young people are already doing it instinctively. But let's be sure that if you look at the picture from the ground up, you will find that this is not just imagination. This is the choice before us. Either evolution or collapse. Going further or, or coming to a stop. But you can't actually be a stop anywhere. You either move forward or you fall back. And the fall back can be a critical, can be a crucial step, which could spell the end of this human adventure on the planet. So there's seven and a half billion people moving on two to eight. And we need to work together as members of a crew, members of a spaceship, and take pleasure in that. We are part of a tremendous, tremendous evolutionary wave of consciousness on this planet, consciousness in the universe. Surely there is consciousness elsewhere in the universe, but we, we still cannot think that this is so usual that on every planet where, where there is life and there are lots and lots of planets, billions, billions, that there will be always high, high levels of consciousness. As our consciousness evolved to this point, it gives us a unique chance, but also a unique opportunity. We must make the best use of it that we can. That's our responsibility, our cosmic, our universal responsibility. And it can give us great satisfaction, great pleasure to try to live up to it. The other thing that I hear when you're giving those examples, too, to me, sounds like uh, coming back to the respect for nature and really honoring the earth that, we're, that we are on and, and just really giving that respect back. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, because nature is not a, a soulless, uh, flat something, in the, uh, passive kind of something that we can do with what we want. That's sort of the old paradigm. You can just exploit resources, exploit nature. It's there for it to serve you. No, we are part of that. Take part in nature. There are some signs of this. For example, there is as a, there was an old 
Japanese custom, which is now coming even to the West now, increasing, which is called forest bathing. That's an idea. No, not actually take a bath uh, in the water, but you go out in the forest, you go out in nature, and you let it em envelop you. you. You embed yourself in it. You, you dip into it. You find yourself being surrounded by it. You, you look up, you breathe it in. You become one. And same thing as mindfulness, meditation. These are all trends that are coming about in the world increasingly, and with very great speed moving forward. All these are showing, are sh show that yes, we can find our oneness with nature, Ex express it as, uh, as uh, esteeming nature, as having a responsibility for nature, appreciating nature, yes, all this is part of it. Just simply when you know that when you take your, your part in nature, you're actually participating in your lar larger self. We are not separate from nature. We are actually part of it. And if we treat ourselves as separate from it, we will destroy nature and ultimately we destroy ourselves. Great. Thank you for that. I wanted to just switch gears just a little bit because I know that our listeners um, really love the question that you proposed in your book. I believe it was on page 14. And this is kind of talking about the mind and consciousness. And uh, you pose the question, are we a body that generates the steam stream of sensations we call consciousness, or are we a consciousness associated with a body that displays it? Do we have consciousness or are we consciousness? And this kind of gets a little bit into the subject of um, some more of the stories that you have in your book about near-death experiences and out-of-body experiences. You know, is, is consciousness a part of the mind or outside of the mind and outside of the body? Well, very good. I'm glad you asked these questions because they are so important. Uh, before and earlier Periods. I mean, even a matter of decades ago, before the new findings from science became better known, uh, the idea that there could be mind and consciousness without a body was considered purely esoteric, as a speculation, just kind of a spiritual, uh, religious uh, uh, kind of thinking that has no basis in reality. Of course, spiritual people and people who have deep sensitivities have always been convinced otherwise. But there was no serious evidence for this. The, really, the question is, are we a body that has consciousness, or are we consciousness itself that has a body? Well, the former question is, the answer is rather the standard common sense answer of the modern world, which is now waning, which is now disappearing, which really says this, we have a brain, a nervous system, we have sensory organs, we have limbs, and this all form a system whereby we have certain signals reaching us from the world around us, sights and sounds and movements, and we perceive those in our brain, and our brain decodes some of them and does it as well as we can, and we act in response to that, and this constant testing this action, what we perceive, we perceive, we think, we conceptualize, and we act on it, all this creates consciousness. So consciousness is, in the last analysis, something that happens in our brain. 
it's a curious thing because their brain consists of neurons, which are, you know, the cells, the networks of cells, millions and billions of cells acting together. And this somehow, these cells, which are energy information processing organs, they create an image, they create a feeling, they create a sense, which is our consciousness, images, sounds, everything that we perceive that is not why out there, which is in here, this is us. How could this be happening? How is it possible that the, 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 the brain, a material organ, creates something as immaterial as consciousness? This is now known as the big question, the great question of consciousness research. And there's no good answer, because it's probably not true. The answer or question is badly phrased, badly put. It's not as though the brain would create consciousness. Think of it much more in terms of the new uh, information technologies. When we pick up signals from the world around us, whether it's by television or by computer, by a smartphone or whatever, that device does not create what it is receiving. It is picking it up. It is transmitting it. So, for example, when your television program picks up a television receiver or that picks up a program, when you turn off your receiver, there's no good reason to think that the program stops. The program doesn't stop. It's just not received anymore. So the program is something more than information, which we call the program, is something more than our brain, than, our, than, the, than the information processing in our brain. It is possible, according to this conception, that it's something more that you turn off your brain, as it were, like you turn off your receiver, and the program still consists, still continues. Consciousness still exists. And this is precisely the testimony that we get increasingly from near-death experiences, also from certain psychic mediums that can channel information that comes from people who have already died, and yet they can communicate to some extent, and they can communicate uh, with, with certain mediums, and the convincing element is that they also come up with, with ideas, with, with evidence that they could not have just come by, that the mediums could not have come by by themselves. They receive something which is really information in the world. So what are the alternatives? The brain as a kind of producer of consciousness, a complex quantum system, a quantum system of, of neurons, that produces the images, the impressions that we call consciousness. That's one. The other one, the brain as a complex quantum receiver, yes, picking up information, but that information is not produced by it. It is something which exists in the world, which we elaborate. I'm not saying that our consciousness is, is only and nothing but what we receive from the cosmos. But it is infused by those elements. And those elements are the very basis of this consciousness. We are more than a mechanical device elaborating signals that we receive from our senses. We are more than that. I think animals are more than that. Everything in the world that exists in, as is part of evolution has a form and level of consciousness. Even the simplest unicellular organisms must have an interiority, a kind of a self, whereby they map the world outside the world around them, the world outside of them, of which they actually a part is not completely outside. So 
we are not separate from the consciousness that is in the world. We are not produce it, we receive it, we transform it, we become, can become part of it. And this conception is now confirmed more and more by empirical research that talks about remote consciousness, remote perceptions, perceptions beyond the range of the eyes and ears, talks about out-of-body experiences, talks about after-death experiences, and some of it uh, can be repeated, some of it is, 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 uh, can, be, uh, can be documented in such a way that it's very, very unlikely to be merely a fantasy. There is more to us than just the working of a brain. There is something that survives, that was there before our brain started operating, before we were born. We were born into this sea of information. The basic concept now today, increasing in the sciences, is energy and information. It's not matter and force. Energy and information. This we talked about before, these frequencies, these phase relationships, with coincidental integration or, or separation, but ultimately the whole universe being an integral quantum system, which we can perceive because we are part of it. If you want a good, and this is the last thing to this question that I want to add, we are, in a sense, part of a hologram. And all this sounds a bit like science fiction, but the new sciences, the new physics talks about the cosmos, the hologram theory, that everything that, that exists in space and time is a hologram. It is coded. It has its coded, and the way it manifests itself is as information is manifested in the hologram. If you take any one part of the hologram, it also includes every other part. Every part is part of everything else. All the information in the hologram is present in every part. So we are that. Our consciousness is a, is an expression, a manifestation of an of a intelligence, of a consciousness, which is in the cosmos. It manifests it, and we can perceive that manifestation, we can live that manifestation. A very, very different concept from the mechanical idea that we like some kind of artificial device. We pick up signals from our senses and we decode that, and that creates our consciousness. I don't think that can create consciousness. I think artificial intelligence will never create consciousness in those systems themselves. They can behave as if certain elements they respond to in a, in a, in a way that they've been programmed to respond. But that's not themselves. That's not their own consciousness. We are part of a cosmic consciousness. And that is the new conception, which I think is much, much more meaningful than the old paradigm of a, of a mechanical uh, universe, which, which is outside of us. We are in it. We are in each other. New conception, as I said, comes back to very much to the old traditional mystical ideas, but now on a scientific basis. And it should give us a great solace, great satisfaction, because we are not alone. We are together. We are part of an evolutionary trend, and our mind, our consciousness participates in that. Well, Irvin, thank you so much. It really is a great honor to have you on our show, and we really appreciate your time and coming on and giving all of this great information to our listeners. It's probably one of the most fascinating conversations I've had with one of our guests um, to date on our show. So I thank you again for your work and contribution in the world and uh, for being a part of our podcast. Thank you so much. 
Well, thank you. You ask wonderful, deep questions, questions that I think is, is of concern to everybody, especially to young people who have the life before us, before them, and who have, will have to take the decisions which will take us beyond that, choose beyond that critical point where it's either survival or going down, breakdown or breakthrough. I think people who ask these questions are, as fed, are a part of that segment that is part of the movement toward the breakthrough, toward the new conception, which is also an old conception, but the new conception that you already feel, that young people already feel, you express by the search for oneness, by the, by the sense of, 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 of love that you can bring up. And that is the wave of the future. That is the great hope. And conversations like you have started here are a very important element in furthering that wave and bringing us past these critical points to really to a new and brighter era. Well, thank you very much. And I know that you gave us a lot to digest. And this is probably an episode that I would recommend to our listeners that they listen to more than once because there's so much information that you provided for us. So thank you so much again, Irvin. Thank you. Thank you indeed. It was my pleasure. All, all the best for, to you and your listeners. If you want more information about our films, visit our website, path11productions.com, to purchase DVDs or to rent and stream each film. You can also find our trilogy of films on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Gaia.com. You can still use our smartphone app for both Android and iPhones. Just search for Path 11 in the Google Play App Store, or if on an iPhone, look for Path 11 in the iOS App Store. Catch you next time.